to our podcast, everyone. Come on in, sit down. Welcome back, the three of you. <laughs> Both of you. Um, we This week we're covering, or we're skipping a week. We skipped last week. So it's October 10th to October 16th. Do you want to, do you have anything for October 10th? No. Mine's going to be like a callback to last week because um, 1956, October 10th, 1956, the movie Giant premiered. Oh yeah, um, which we talked about last week. That was my. That's my favorite. Um, I'm lying. I do have. I'm lying. I did have. I I accidentally put that for 11th, and then I corrected myself, and I forgot my correction. Oh, okay. So, yes. so you had that as well, Giant. Yeah. And then, um, so it it got like a million Oscar noms, but it only won for best director, and the director is George Stevens. And I didn't know this. He's the guy who also he directed Diary of Anne Frank. Um, oh. And a Place in the Sun. I don't know. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. It's good. Oh, another thing I didn't know is that uh, James Dean died, which we talked about last week. He died uh, while this was before it was finished, before Giant was finished. So they had to dub. I guess they didn't need to reshoot or, you know, like they just had footage that they used. And um, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Can you hang on one second? I think Daniel left the kettle on. It's going to like hum the whole time. Mm-hmm. Also, the doorbell is going to ring at some point. I mean, I can't work like this. Okay. Um, yeah, so they had to dub another actor's voice in. I had no idea. I didn't know he died in the middle of the movie. I didn't realize that either. I probably should have known that when I talked about him dying last, last week or last well, uh, episode. Um, and then, um, oh, did you have something oh, else for the 10th? Yes. Uh, first episode of SNL, 1975. Yes. Did you have that? Mm-hmm. George, George Carlin was the uh, host. Oh, right? That's cool. Yeah, he was he was the first host. Yeah, October 11, 1975, which is like the best cast. <laughs> Still is the best cast. Yeah, I mean, there was I kind of liked when do you remember when they fired everyone in like the early was it the 90s when he fi- they fired everyone but John Lovitz? Wasn't that the what? 90s? Like the early 90s I guess. or the late 80s? Yeah, you can't Joe Piscopo and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like really obvious about it on the air like they the I always forget that the original cast didn't have um, Bill Murray, that he wasn't the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he like came in. I guess he replaced Chevy Chase, I guess. Or was he on with Chevy Chase? I don't know, actually. Yeah, but he wasn't the original first season. Yeah, the, I do agree the, the first season is the best. Um, the not ready for part time. Wait, not ready for primetime players, right? That's what they mm-hmm. call them. Yeah. I can't. And then there, there's. I don't know. I kind of got over them pretty fast. Like when I was out of middle school, I was like, I'm too cool for SNL. They don't make me laugh anymore. I know. Now I still watch like the highlights and stuff. If there's anything. Yeah. Like if something goes viral, like I remember Dick in a Box. Like I did not watch that live, but like I watched the clips. It was hilarious. Like every once in a while they have a winner. Okay. So are we on the 11th now? Still? Yeah, we are. Cause I don't have anything. That was the 10th. Oh, I have a mini deep dive for the 11th night, October 11th, 1987. Um, at least 200,000 people march on Washington for gay and lesbian civil rights. And the police estimate was actually significantly higher that the estimates were about 750,000 people. Gigantic. This is not the first LGBT march, but it was the, it's the first like really big one. They had one in 79 and it wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't, I mean, this was like very well organized, um, had like amazing speakers and it was the first time the AIDS activism was basically front and center, like AIDS crisis. And that's, oh, wow. the, I guess the, I was reading that the organizers, when they decided on 1987, like we're going to have a march, is um, two things were going on in the 80s. One was the AIDS crisis, obviously, and the um, Reagan administrations basically ignoring it. And then the second thing was that the Supreme Court upheld sodomy as a crime even between oh two consenting adults in the privacy of a home. I mean, incredible. It was not that long ago, by the way. That's so crazy, right? It's bizarre. So that they, they were just spurred, you know, they were like, we gotta, we gotta do something. So it, every major known LGBT organization in the country sent representatives. Uh, it's the first time the AIDS Memorial quilt was displayed publicly and leading the March was, I thought this was so cool. such a cool, like, um, representative group of people. It was labor leader and hero Cesar Chavez, uh, prominent feminist leader Eleanor Smeal, civil rights activist Jesse Jackson, several celebrities, who, uh, and then right behind them were AIDS, 
people with AIDS and then their supporters. So there were quite a few people actually in wheelchair, literally in wheelchairs, literally suffering from AIDS. It's terrible. That a lot of those those people actually spoke, Jesse Jackson, a bunch of other people. Uh, and in order to commemorate, you know, the, this really successful march, uh, October 11th. 1988, they declared that, you know, a year later, they declared that this is National Coming Out Day. So you may have seen that mm-hmm. this yeah, week. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. the, that goes off viral on, you know, as it should on, uh, on um, social media. So, yeah. So October 11th, big did LGBT you ever see, day. Did you ever see the AIDS quilt in real life? I never saw it in real life. No. Yeah, my brother, um, when he used to work for the AIDS Fund, they do the, um, the AIDS walk every year, yeah. like a fundraiser, and they would have it there. And it's crazy yeah it's yeah it's each each um each piece represents someone who's passed from aids is that right mm-hmm. wow and it's you're like speechless when you're looking at well, it well remember so... it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty uh pretty amazing but i that again that's just not that march happening and sodomy being illegal and all that kind of stuff like that's not even that long ago no it's not that long ago it's a, uh, it sounds like something, I mean, I feel like people who weren't like, we were alive then. So we remember there were fucked up things, but like, I feel like people who weren't alive in, in the eighties were probably thinking if I read, if I rattled off that, that quote about the Supreme court, they'd probably think I was talking about the 1960s or something like, nope, right. the late eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, and then that's all I had for basically all I had for the 11th. Yeah, I mean, 1978, Sid Vicious was charged with murder for... Oh, shit. Girl. I thought maybe you'd do a deep dive yeah, on that Yeah, that's actually one. worthy of a deep dive. Next year, put a, put a, put a, pin, in the, put a pin in that for next year. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but that's it. That for, was so... Oh, man. Terrible. Did you yeah. see that movie, Sid and Nancy? Mm, I never watched that Oof. one. Bananas. So the tw- if, they, if they can't make it work. <laughs> <laughs> God. No one can. All right. 1013. Oh, I had stuff for 1012. Were you wait? Was Sid wait. Nancy was Sid charged with? No, 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 you're right. I don't know why I keep I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, that was 1012. No. Sid was charged with the on the on that October was, 12. That was the 12. That was the 12. Okay, so I also had something for the 12th that was kind of interesting. Um the 19th Olympics opened in Mexico City. These were the first ever Olympics held in a Latin American country, and there's a couple of major things that happened. One, I just want to point out that I thought was kind of cool. Enriqueta Basilio, a track and field athlete from Mexico, became the first woman to light the Olympic flame. Again, seems kind of late, 1968, whatever. Um, but then most notably was the October 16th, so a few days later. So it's still within our week coverage, but a few days later. Most notable event during the 68 Olympics was the protest on the Olympic podium during the U.S. National Anthem by Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Smith had won gold and Carlos had won bronze for the 200 meter running event. And on the podium for their medal ceremony, they wore black gloves and raised their fists in the air in the traditional black power salute. They were showing support for the black freedom movement in the United States. Um, And actually all three athletes on the podium, including Australian silver medalist, Peter Norman wore badges representing the Olympic project on human rights, which I wasn't sure what that was. So I looked it up and, um, it was formed in 19, 1967 to, in anticipation of the 68 games, to protest segregation in the U.S. and elsewhere, as well as racism in sports. Oh, they also, these two athletes, Smith and Carlos, also wore black socks with no shoes as a symbol of black poverty. And Smith wore a black scarf to symbolize black pride. And Carlos unzipped his jacket. No, this is interesting. Unzipped his track jacket to show solidarity with blue collar workers. And I guess before the presentation on the podium, they were getting ready to do this. They were getting their like gear together. And Carlos realized that he'd forgotten his black gloves. So there was only one pair of gloves between them. And it's the Australian athletes idea that they just each wear one glove so they can both have, you know, the symbol there. I didn't realize there were so many like layers to that. Yeah, I didn't either. Cause you just kind of see the image and, and it's, yeah. it's always, always shown. It's like every montage of the 1960s of the civil rights movement. Uh-huh. It's always shown because it was so it's so burned on the on our brains. Now, I guess I didn't know. Well, we weren't alive, so I didn't know how it was received. I guess by the time I was learning about it, it was seen as in a positive light, at least how it was taught to me. But uh, it was not. They were not well received. Um, they were booed. The crowd booed them. Uh, the International Olympic Committee president Avery Brundage, uh, an American. 
He tried to get the athletes suspended from their team and banned from the Olympic Village, like evicted. Uh, but the U.S. Olympic Committee refused. Uh, Brundage retaliated with a threat to ban the entire U.S. track team. And so they had to relent. And basically, the two athletes were banned from the game at that from that point on, the games from that point on. Wow. However, their medals were not rescinded. So they, they never had their medals pulled. They got to keep their medals. So, uh, and I have a, like a gross quote from, this is from Wikipedia. A spokesman for the IOC said Smith and Carlos's actions were a, quote, deliberate and violent breach of the fundamental principles of the Olympic spirit. Brundage, who was president of the United States Olympic Committee in, in 1936, had made no objections against Nazi salutes during the Berlin Games. He argued that the Nazi salute being a national salute at the time was acceptable in competition of nations, while the athlete salute was not, a, not of a nation and therefore unacceptable. Brundage had been accused of being one of the United States' most prominent Nazi sympathizers even after the outbreak of the Second World War, and his removal as president of the IOC had been one of the three stated objectives of the Olympic Project for Human Rights. So he was already a controversial figure. Like this committee that was formed in 1967 already had a call out that he should be removed, that this asshole should not be the president. So gross. I can't, I, it's disgusting. It, like this would that never happen today. <laughs> like That's crazy. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of these events that, you know, when you look at it in retrospect, went over like a lead balloon probably when it happened. Yeah. But then it's just like all the players kneeling now during the sports event. Exactly. They're, they're, you know, they're standing for this movement and, you know, there's plenty of people who are against it and having their very public thoughts on why they're against it. And then, you know, 10, 20 years from now, we're going to be looking at it completely different. Yeah. Totally embarrassing. You know, these, uh, like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, that's actually a good comparison because it's basically the same thing. In fact, I'm sure a lot of the, the athletes who kneel were probably inspired by Smith and Carlos. Oh, sure. Yeah. So the, the fallout from the, the protest back home was, uh, was also ugly, uh, with mainstream media basically being critical across the board, basically saying a political protest should not be at an apolitical event. The families of both athlete, athletes received death threats. Mm. And I didn't know this. This was so sad. I actually, I don't know if it's because I was get my period or something. <laughs> <laughs> But I this, this part made me cry a little bit. So um, Peter Norman, the Australian athlete who'd been supportive of Smith and Carlos, was reprimanded by the Australian Olympic authorities, as well as criticized for his actions back home. He qualified for the 72 Olympics, but was not offered a spot on the team. That's horrible. In 2000, 2000, that's not that long ago. In 2000, when Sydney hosted the Olympic Games, he was not invited to take part in any of the celebrations with Australia, any of the Australian oh, they teams. Were, they, were, they were still pissed at Yeah, him? what the fuck? Jesus. So this is kind of sweet. Um, the U.S. Olympic Committee invited him to come over and participate in their celebrations, which I thought was sweet. Aww, yeah. And then it gets sweeter. Like, you get <laughs> I totally oh cried such a, cried such in my a girl. PMS. <laughs> So uh, when Norman died in 2006, Smith and Carlos were pallbearers at his funeral. Shut up. Sweetest thing ever. I didn't, you don't hear about like, like, you know, that a friendship formed from this, from this no. like powerful event. Like you don't hear that. It's just. Oh, wow. And in 2012, posthumously, too little too late, but Norman received a formal apology from the Australian House oh, of Representatives. Thanks, Australia. It's nice of you to wait till he died. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I wrote down here, thankfully, history has been kind about the protest, and it is now rightfully seen as a powerful, brave act against racism and oppression. Tommy Smith and John Carlos have both received several honors and awards for their courage and conviction. Since not in Australia. Season. No, but do not go to Australia. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have a feeling, you know, I'm sure, I don't know. Sometimes, like the silent majority is okay with it. And there's a, a loud group of assholes that won't shut up about something. So I don't know. But anyway, so I had that. That was my semi-deep dive for the 12th. That's a good one. And then you had something for the 13th, right? Is that, Jesus Christ, is that my other one? All I had was like a, pr a movie premiere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The 13th. Okay. I'm out of order. October 13th, 1972 was the chartered flight from Uruguay on its way to Chile. Oh, shit that crashed into the Andes Mountains. It was mainly a rugby team and then their friends and family that had chartered this flight on their way to a game. And then there were 40 passengers on board. 19 of them were the rugby 
team and then the rest were family members, supporters and friends. And there was five, five crew members. What happened was they're flying. And I think I saw on Wikipedia that their the co-pilot was being trained. So he was actually flying the flight this time. He was, this was like, he was getting a visible lesson. Uh oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so he um, believed they had reached their destination. He was misjudging the location of the plane and I guess was radioing to the control, the tower. And they said that he could start to descend and he it was just wrong. And then he ends up dropping too quick or whatever, ends up hitting this plane. The wings and the, the tail are sheared off of the plane and they end up. Uh, sliding down this mountain, just like this fuselage. So wow. during, during, did you, have you seen the movie a lot? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's crazy. I forgot about that movie until I start reading about this whole event. And I've realized how terrifying that movie was. Even the plane crash part. It's I can't even imagine surviving a plane crash. Like I always think like, you know, like I, I don't fear death as much as I fear like the shit that leads up to death. It, totally. That's my argument with fearing with flying. It's not the actual dying part. It's knowing that you're going to die right, vomiting right. to the ground. And people are sucked out of the plane while this thing is crashing because the, the you know, the wings are severed and the, the, the tails ripped off. And then, then they do land. There's 29 fatalities total for this whole thing, but 11 or during the initial crash. And wow. then, so they, but then some people are, you know, like, you know, wounded and they just kind of a slow demise. Ugh, terrible. So it ended up being a total of 29 fatalities, 11 during the initial crash, total of 16 survivors, but 34 initially. So they lost a lot of oh people. Oh my God, that's cr- that's that's a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people actually made it through that first crash. And so then they fall, they land or whatever, and they end up having some radio. So they there's the rescue crews can't find them because they're, you know, on this snow covered mountain yeah. and then the plane is white, so they can't see it. And then the, the survivors have this radio and they actually hear the search being called off. Oh. So it's like 10 days and they realize, Oh shit. Like no one's looking for us. Now. Oh my God. They have that. There was one quote saying where, um, you know, the, one of the survivors was like, well, this is good news because it means we're going to save ourselves. Like we're, we're going to have to get ourselves out of here as they're in the middle of nowhere with no, with no survival gear, no nothing, you know, they're in freezing wet, like conditions. Yeah. I mean, they didn't pack their bags for like, what is no. this? The Andes? I mean, they didn't pack their bags for like Ugh. snowy Andes. So they ended up making a shelter in this fuselage. They were, you know, removing broken seats and all this cushions from that. And, and one one of the um, survivors was pretty clever. He was using like the sheet metal from underneath the seats to melt the snow, to have fresh water from them. And then oh, that is clever. He, he ended up making sunglasses out of visors in the pilot's cabin with, and then using wires and bra straps to make like some, like sunglasses for them to wear. So they weren't getting snow blindness. And then they were using like seat covers from the planes, you know, that were made of bull to keep them warm. And they were using the cushions, the shoes. So they got pretty clever. Wow. They were also probably in pretty good shape, which is. Yeah. And they were all really young. A lot of them were young. So they had that going for them. So, so 17 days after they crashed, they're all in the fuselage sleeping and they get hit with an avalanche in the middle of the night. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that in the movie. Right. Oh my (laughs) God. So they're all buried a lot like they're buried alive in snow you know plows into the fuselage all packed in there and it kills another eight people oh but then they're but then they're stuck in that plane for like three more days because there's a blizzard going on so they're stuck in this snow packed plane with these you know additional dead friends now oh my god just waiting out this storm now you have survived a horrific plane crash you're watching all your you know you people have died around you and then you end up getting hit with an avalanche and then you manage to survive that. It's crazy. The the only food they had on the plane was like candies and wine. So they rationed that out and that did not last very long at all. Because this is probably not meant to be a really, really long flight, right? I mean, no, they were going, no, they, you know, they were probably supposed to be a little like blip of a flight. And then, so they didn't have, they weren't getting sandwiches or anything, meals. So this is one of the main things that this whole horrific event is known for is that they had to resort to cannibalism that's right yeah to survive they uh yeah so they had to wrap their minds around if, if we're going to get out of this we're going to have to you know eat the remains of our friends and family 
when they finally did get rescued after all this, they, they got a whole ton of backlash when they realized that they were really in Canada. Yeah, there was like, and they, I mean, I think maybe it's because so, it's a religious country. They were thinking like you ate these people. And the one, one of the, the survivors did a whole spin on it. Like, he's like, I felt like it was the last supper. And, you know, Jesus gave his disciples his body and blood and that that comparison kind of changed the spin on it because it was like because okay, yeah, the well, catholic church teaches that it's transubstantiation right so then the 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 church ultimately absolved them for when also what are they supposed to do die right i mean i don't so had to wait ultimately until the weather improved for them to finally hike out of there so two of them so that's almost three weeks then, because you said the avalanche happened 17 days later, and then they had to wait inside the fuselage for the storm to blow over. So they ended up getting rescued on December 23rd. So they crashed. They were there for like 72 days. Oh, my God. So after some failed like expeditions to kind of see where they're at, two of them managed to kind of like pack up, get as ready as they can be. And then they hike and they, they did it for 10 days into Chile. And ended up seeing some guys across this like riverbed and they like threw a note to them. And then that's how they ended up getting rescued. So then they finally brought all these and then they, so it took them 10 days to hike. Oh my God. I think three of them originally went out and then one, they realized we don't have enough food to keep going. So the one like took, like sat on a sled or something and slid himself back there. Wow. And then the two kept going and then they ended up finding, you know, civilization and got saved. So, I mean, so if they if they didn't have that radio and they didn't know that the, the search had been called off and it didn't occur to them and people are very hopeful, like. Yeah, and like they could have just been, oh, still find us. They'll find us. They're still looking like, no, I mean, they might not be. Or if they are looking, they're looking for like your corpses, not in, no. you know. Can you imagine if you knew someone on that flight and you'd been told that like it was a lost call and then fucking 70 days later, they you get a phone up. call. I mean, it'd be awesome, but bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But that movie is, I'm going to, I want to rewatch it now. Cause I remember that movie just being so horrific with the actual crash. And then they showed the avalanche too in it. Yeah. I remember that. And the, I think, I feel like in the trailer, they made a big thing about the, the cannibalism, but. I don't really feel like it was that huge of a part of the, I mean, it's an important part of the plot, but it's not like the focus of the movie. No. And then even when you see it in the movie, they're not like chowing down on organs. They're like, just like, they were just slithering, like yeah. cutting out little pieces of meat. But the one other thing I did read that I find interesting is two of the um, survivors, they, they um, still do uh, like yearly expeditions to the site. What? Tour groups, like tour groups. Oh my God. Like make money off of it. It's like a pilgrimage for people to go back to see where, I know. Is that crazy? Is there anything there? Is the fuselage still there and all that? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Is that Violet, by the way? Chewing on a bone. Yes. She's going to town on that. Yeah. So funny. Wow. That's, that is crazy. Um, so only, you said 16 total survivors? Yep. Mm -hmm. Out of 40. 40. Yep. That's so sad. I remember, I do remember what sticks in my brain from that is the very disturbing people who are suffering and like you have no pain medicine you know you think that like if you get severely injured in short order you will be getting to a hospital i remember that one scene in the movie where the woman's legs are like pinned in the chair and her legs are like oh they're like woven through the like metal of the seat the track or terrible just terrible so that's intense the next one i have is on the 14th do you have anything oh. else for the 13th no, just I have The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes is published for the first time in 1892. I have never read Sherlock. Have you read Sherlock Holmes? I've never read it either. Nope. Um, and I have, I've, wa I've like listened and watched to like several adaptations. Do you remember the young Sherlock Holmes from the 80s? I was just going to ask you. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. That movie was really creepy and I did love it. But I remember Jake and I at one point, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> so we were trying to write a movie off of like cable. And you see young Sherlock Holmes. I was like, oh my God, I used to love that movie. Let's watch it. Sure. He humored me. He rented <laughs> it. And then it wouldn't play. There was some kind of like, or some fuzz or something through it. So I called Fires oh, no. to complain. And then as the words are coming out of my mouth that I rented young Sherlock Holmes, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with it? I think this girl is demented. Hey, listen, you want to watch what you want to watch and you paid for it. 
I know, but I fucking yeah. love that movie, man. It was good with this with the spit darts. Remember when they would get shot and then they start hallucinating? Aren't they? Isn't there like they pour hot wax on? They're like wrapped like mummies and then yes. hot wax gets uh-huh. on them. That was actually pretty dark. It's really messed up. Mm-hmm. The, remember the the they had like the shaved heads with the little like ponytail on the top of the head. Yeah, and the one would wear a wig or and you didn't know it was on. And then you realize, oh, she's one of the bad ones. She's bald. Yeah, under there. it was like an ancient cult or something. It was really weird. Yeah, it was good. Okay, so your is your big one for the fifteenth? No. Well, sixteenth, right? Well, the sixth, the fourteenth is the actual accident. The sixteenth is the actual rescue. Oh my God. I cannot believe it was only two days. I watched that. I was glued to the TV. Glued. It seemed like now looking back at it, it sounded, it felt like it was weeks, but it was only two days. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about baby Jessica. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to our listeners. Jessica McClure. So if you were, what um, year was that? 87. So, so it was um, October 14th, 1987 was um, when this event occurred. So what happened was Baby Jessica, which was like America's baby for those few days in time, was an 18-month-old who was at her aunt's house. Her mother was there. She was playing out back of her aunt's house with a bunch of other kids. It was a daycare, essentially. Her aunt was running a daycare. And the her mother went in to answer her phone, came back out, and baby Jessica's missing. Come to find, she managed to fall down like an eight-inch wide abandoned well in the backyard that was covered with a rock. She somehow got into that. Yeah. I think people think of a well, like, like the old timey kind with like the little like roof yeah, and it's like a big, basket, you know, like, yeah, you, throw basket co- yeah, yeah. Can- <laughs> you turn the thing in the basket, the bucket goes down and you throw oh, coins in a, there. No, this is a hole tiny. in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. She fell 22 feet into this well and became wedged and fell with her one leg pinned up in front of her face. Like she was doing the splits kind of. Yeah. She was down in a split. And she was trapped for 58 hours. Uh, do you remember? I remember at the time thinking, because they had, I remember on the news, like the new, I mean, this thing was covered. Well, see, and so this was the second, the second um, 24 hour coverage aside from Challenger. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so this was the nest. This was the second time that they did that, where it was like around the clock coverage. We're watching in real time to see if this baby is going to be rescued. And then those assholes were like, we can make a lot of money off doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, she, I remember she, so my mom tried to explain it to me that, I mean, should I have been watching this? Probably not. But uh, the, they had drawings on the news, remember how, how she mm-hmm. was pinned so that we could understand. And basically my mom was saying, it's like she took a step, she's a toddler, so she took a step, but one, that one, one foot landed into the hole and it was, part mm-hmm. of it was a pipe. So like sticking out of the ground. So she basically did the splits down. And I remember thinking, this is such a weird thing to think about, but I remember as a little kid thinking, oh my God, she probably scraped up her, her leg from the, cause like the, cause if you think about like the metal pipe, they showed pictures of it. It was like a raw metal pipe. Well, remember her face? Yes. So she ended up like scraping up her whole forehead. Oh. I mean, I've seen pictures of her now and she, there's definitely scars. Oh, but, I, mean, I didn't she know that. Had that. She had that huge bandage over her face and her forehead was mangled. She ended up having like over a dozen surgeries. She was in the hospital for a while. And then she ended up having to get a toe amputated because of the cutoff of circulation from the way her leg was pinned in there. So, you know, she was in there for a long time. And then just that fall, that drop, ripped up her face and you know then the way her leg was pinned cut off the circulation so she did have a lot of but she has no recollection of it oh like, well, that's good or any of it that's good um so the whole time she's stuck down there they you know the rescue teams come in they have engineers and all this stuff trying to figure out how they're going to get her out and they ended up just drilling another shaft next to her like parallel to or whatever of, yeah to go down and then kind of cut across you know to get to her and they had to use like this it was all this rock. They couldn't even get through the rocks. They used this like water jet cutting, which is just like high pressured water to get through to her. But the whole time they could hear her, like they were listening to her. She was like babbling, talking, Aww. they could hear her singing Winnie the Pooh. Like she's singing to herself. She's probably like, why won't my mommy get me out of here? Like, oh, oh my God. I was, they were, so when they were thinking about someone had to get down there to kind of like down the other shaft to kind of get her. To go under, right? They went like underneath her. Yeah. They had to like cover her with KY jelly to kind of like shimmy her down to kind of get her to this opening where they were going to pull her through this one 
I think, what did they say he was? He was one volunteer. He was born without collarbones. So he could like collapse his shoulder. So he volunteered to go down there because he could fit in that tight. That's space. like that kid on, um, that kid on stranger things has that it's a oh, disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pr- not that uncommon disorder. But then, uh, they ended up picking this paramedic, Robert O'Donnell to go down. And, um, I was reading about him. He's kind of like sad. So he's the one who went down and kind of shimmied her out. And then, you know, then she was pulled out by this other gentleman, but he was the one who ultimately was in there with her to get her out. But he was on the highs of highs after rest, this rescue. Like he was getting, you know, all this press going to the white house, going on Oprah, but he was this paramedic firefighter living the high life. And once that stopped, he like could not get over it. Like he thought he was going to be like, he, he got a small part in the TV, TV movie about it and they ended up cutting it. Like, and then he was like devastated. He thought there were going to be books about him and everything like that. And he ended up killing himself. Oh my God. He was like 37 years old and killed himself. He had two kids. So he did not process this properly no, at and all. It was like some kind of PTSD. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately stress like he, and pressure to get her out and all that. And then I think that um, trying to get that high of that notoriety, like you didn't get that again. And then you go back to living your, you know, your normal. That's interesting. Cause I'm sure life. I think a lot of people would actually probably want their normal life back, you know, like yeah, cause the, the, the other, I read that the other man who did, you know, the two of them were pictured pulling her out. He didn't like talking about it. He didn't do any interviews. He didn't want to do anything about it. And this guy went the other way. He kind of loved it. Yeah. We talked about her having the conference cut CNN to the constant coverage. And um, yeah. So, you know, everyone watched in real time. When celebrities were there. Didn't celebrities like visit her and shit. Or am I conflating with the Simpsons episode where they talk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember like celebrities being there, but I just remember. Oh, but then if you, so in 2011, when she was 25, she ended up getting this trust fund. That was, was all the donations that were raised while she was trapped. Yes. And it was like up to like 800 grand. Oh my God. Yeah. So she's, she's married. She has a couple of kids, has a pretty, you know, normal life yeah. and yeah. And you know, it's just insane. And she doesn't remember the actual event. Um, have you seen the the TV movie? Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I actually have a friend, my friend, Christina Silverman. She, she and I watched, she, her parents taped it. Oh yeah. We had it taped. I think it definitely had it on VHS. Uh-huh. It was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that may be like, I do remember watching it, but I remember the details. Like when you said the parallel digging, the parallel shaft mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have remembered that from like, from the news coverage. I think I remember that from the movie. From the show. They cover all that stuff. Actually, it's not a bad. I mean, if you can get a hold of it, it's pretty good. And her parents were kids. I think they were like teens. Yes. Or like, yeah. <clears throat> they ended up getting divorced in 1990. Aww. So a lot of like s- sad stuff that came out of that. But I just think about like with that kind of coverage. I mean, Matt, thank God she was alive. Oh, my God. Well, I was going to say, you know, there's been a this actually is not that uncommon. And usually it doesn't end well there. I remember there was a little girl in New Jersey in the 40s or something that and it was not good. It was and they didn't know. And they pulled her out and they were like, oh, I'm sorry to inform the public. You know, it was terrible. Yes, I know. So this was, you know, had a happy ending, thank God. But um, but yeah, everyone. Poor baby. I'm like, I'm so glad she doesn't remember it. I cannot even imagine being like, and I, I think the splits were so harsh and like her little leg was like smashed against her face so like hard and for so long that I think she was like, I think her hip was like out of joint and then they pulled when they pulled her down her it popped her oh. hip out like it popped her leg uh. out of the socket because they had to get her out they had to get her out you know what i mean it's like we can fix your leg later i mean you think she was only she was just a little baby but you think about how limber the babies yes. are so it's kind of like you know even when a kid falls like you know eileen tumbled down the stairs and they're like the way she handled that fall is not the way i would have handled that at 43 years right old. no i'd, be, I'd yeah. be in traction but she you know they're so like floppy if you or i fell down the well we'd have probably a, the broken the hip would be broken yeah. and be, you know like just because like but they're like so like chubby and spaghetti-ish like but i mean yeah. i can't even imagine how bad it hurt i mean hopefully she just kind of because she i remember like what you said about her singing and stuff i remember that and i remember that that the mom and the dad were talking to her and stuff and she like her little remember her nickname was juicy wasn't her nickname juicy I don't remember. That. They were calling her juicy. Like they, they told the sheriff her Ugh. nickname so he could be like, oh, it's so sad, but a happy ending. So that's great. I'm really glad she doesn't remember that because. Oof. Yeah. I'm trying to think my earliest memory, like 18 months. That's your, you're pretty. No, low. that's toddler. I mean, that's like a baby. Yeah. It's just but, baby, uh, basically a baby that's starting to walk and say, could words. you imagine being that aunt who had a well in the backyard? Oh my God. Daycare, and then the, your niece ends up shimmying down that thing. Yeah. 
And like, um, and, and I think that the president of the United States ordered them all like sealed up. I think Reagan issued some kind of orders, making sure like, if you have a well that you're not using on your property, you need to seal it up. Dangerous. No more baby Jessica's enough's enough. So that, I, that cut, that covers the fourth. So she got, ended up getting rescued on the 16th. Okay, good. I don't have anything else. Really? Yeah. Was that short? Now I think it, I mean, I think it was a perfect line, but I feel like you usually, I feel like you usually do two big chunkers. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I did cut one out that I was going to do. I was going to talk about this weird blip in um, on October 10th. Uh, Lee Har- Did you see that Lee Harvey Oswald signs a guest book at a hotel in Helsinki? Oh, Finland? Yeah, yeah. I was going to do that because I was I was like, I wasn't even going to look it up. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this like on? Why okay. is this? Yeah. And why was he in Helsinki? Like I looked it up and um, it's so weird. And then I was like, or oh, should I be talking about this in November when if we cover JFK, his assassination, because it, it well, is yeah, leading the, up to the that. Weird, the weird timeline of all the places that he right. was before that. He was in Helsinki trying to get citizenship, like trying to become, he was trying to defect to Russia. And he lived in Russia until like 62 and then came back to the U.S. Wasn't he married to a Russian woman? He was like married he was to, like, or a, yeah. she was Russian or or Soviet, you know, some some one of the Soviet na- nations. And um. I mean, he was being so fucking shady that the FBI in 1962 was like interviewing his wife because he was, he tried, he went to Mexico City and he went to the Cuban embassy there and was like, I want to get to Cuba and then get to, um, to, to Russia. I want to be, uh, I want to be a, a citizen of the USSR. The FBI found out about that and they were like, what is this guy? So they basically flagged him and were following him, obviously not close enough. I guess now in retrospect, they think that he was uh, basically plotting out his escape like it was going to be like, oh, I'm going to hop on a plane and Russia is going to protect me or whatever um, after killing Kennedy. Now, I'm I've always kind of, you know, I kind of love a good conspiracy theory. And I always kind of thought that uh, that he was kind of, you know, maybe just used by the FBI or the CIA to kill JFK. But this is pretty weird. This why was he trying to defect? I mean, he was like a radical. Um, he called himself a communist. He was. Yeah. Um, he also seems a little like un, like a little unbal like a little weird like a little unbalanced or something. I don't that, know if he was ever diagnosed with something, but that Stephen King book that um, the time travel one that touches on all that okay. stuff that he does. So it's it's really interesting just to because I didn't know any of that stuff about yeah. all the you know you know Lee Harvey Oswald, but I didn't know about all this. Yeah, the, the little little trying uh, to defect. Sh- I mean, that's yes, so weird. So I'll basically I'll talk about it because it, it really fits better i didn't want to like a stop abruptly at the jfk assassination because that's in november so this was like this was a few years before that but he had this is when his weirdoness starts but yeah so that's why i didn't do deep dive into that um i have stuff for the rec room though should we walk through our 1970s oh i have i have some stuff for the rec room our avocado green 1970s kitchen to the basement door and head down to the rec room terrible yeah edit that out (laughs) (laughs) did you guys have a green kitchen or a yellow kitchen we had a yellow kitchen I think we had a we had a wood paneled kitchen. Oh, that's nice. I love wood paneling. I think we had a wood it was but the cabinets, I think the cabinets were green. Like the wood panel, the one the walls were the wood panel. Yeah, the yeah. What were color green. were the appliances? Do you remember? Ours were yellow, like a like like that mustard yellow. And I hated it at the time. I was like, "Oh, this kitchen." And now I fucking love it. I wish we still had it. I don't I don't remember what our appliances were. Yeah, the one wall, the ones the one side was brick. And then the other was wood paneling and there was green cabinets. How long do you guys live in that house? Whole life. Oh, my, my parents are still in it. Yeah, oh, well then how they, do you not remember? Oh, they remodeled it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> it changed a couple times. It took, yeah. it took the earthquake in 94 for my parents to remodel their house. And before that it was like, had not been touched since the Ford administration. Like it was. No, ours, ours got, yeah, uh, definitely. I think redone a couple times, but I can't remember back when. So basically my parents only remod my cheap ass parents only remodeled their house after like the federal government was like, you have to, your, <laughs> your house has been damaged by an act of God and you have to remodel your house. <laughs> it was like a mint condition, seventies kitchen. Wow. Or late sixties. Even I think it was like 68 or something when they phase two of the, the tract housing development, my parents that I grew up in. So funny. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So the rec room, I wanted to tell you, cause I know you like horror that spooky month 
in the Kennedy Alvarado house has commenced. And so we've been watching some really good, scary stuff. One of them is a show that I don't know anyone who's watching. It's, it's Spanish and it, like from Spain. It's called uh, 30 Coins or like mm -mm. Trenta Monedas is the Spanish name. It's like this creepy, like Catholic themed because it's like a warrior priest fighting like the devil and like his demons trying to take over this little town. And, and um, the coins reference is the 30 silver pieces that Judas got was, was paid to rat on Jesus. Oh. These evil guys are trying to gather all, all 30 coins because it gives them, it's like, gives them this power or whatever. And it's where like, are you watch, where are you watching this? It's on, I think it's on Netflix. Huh. Um, it's pretty right. good. I mean, I will warn you though, like we watch a lot of, we've watched, we watch a few French shows and some other, and like, that's fine. Subtitles are fine. But Span the Spanish to me, to my ears speak really fast. So I, that is, it's not like the easiest thing. If you're like a slow, re I'm a very slow reader. So if you're a slow reader, it's like hard, but it's, it's really good. I mean, it's like kind of campy and like, but not low budge. Like it's very, it's like very well done. It's really good. So we just finished that. Okay. And then the other one that we saw that it's like a religious thing. The other one we saw was um, this creepy movie, like indie horror movie called St. Maud. Have you heard of it? No. It's about this girl who, I mean, it depends on how you interpret it. She's either losing her mind or she's like actually like on the way to becoming a saint. And she's like, just like convinced that this person needs to be saved. And it's like this bananas like spiral into I don't, well, delusion or, you know, whatever you want to see it. I interpreted it as um, that she was like losing her mind. Like she may be like schizophrenic or having some kind of mental break, um, but it's so too. good. Yeah. We devoured Midnight Mass on Netflix, that miniseries. Oh, I know. I don't know that one. Okay. So did you watch, so it's the same creators from Hill House who did the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, cool. And then Blythe Manor, which I didn't love Blythe Manor. Yeah, but I yeah. Loved Haunting a Hill House. I thought, did you watch Haunting a Hill House? Yes, yes. Watch which both I of them. I love that. So this was Midnight Mass. So this is about this seaside town. Almost it was an island, and it was like you know a hundred people living on this island, and you're, they're fishermen, but they've been, um, you know, there was an oil spill, so their their livelihood has been lost. So everyone's fleeing this little island, this little, and this one son has to come back. He. Um, uh, he had left and was like an entrepreneur and then ends up, you know, going to prison for this drunk driving accident. So he comes home with his parents and um, reconnects with like his old girlfriend. And at the same time, this uh, priest comes to the to the village and he's coming to fill in for their Monsignor, who ended up falling ill while on this like religious quest to like Jerusalem or something like that. So it's this um, about this priest. And is he a bad dude or a good dude? No, That's kind of part of it. So, but it is crazy. Really? And it's, um, it's touching. Maybe I should keep the like, Catholic theme going and we should watch that. I loved it. Like I, I loved it. I could, I couldn't, I was binging it and it's, um, it's so well written. And there's a lot of like these, my mom was like, there's too much talking because there's a lot of monologues and everything, but the yeah. way they're talking about death and what, what you think happens after you die. Right. And it's, you know, all these people's different reactions to trauma and um, this pre like it's all centered around this one priest and what he's bringing to this Island and whether or not it's, you know, does he have um, genuine, like, you know, is he really trying to help these people or right. is it like, is he trying to, you know, destroy these people? And that sounds cool. What he brings with him is pretty clever and oh. crazy and, scary is so, it going to be um, like a one is it like a limited series you know like is it gonna yeah be one it's, series? Only, it's, it's only seven it's only seven episodes and it's done i mean they oh, kind of cool. set it up where they probably could do another right. season right but um i think i read that the creators are going to be doing something else but yeah i loved it i actually I like it. that a lot like i don't necessarily like when there's a cliffhanger and it may not get renewed or whatever like did you see um did you see there was a very really really scary actually this is the kind of scary like I don't handle like real like gore very well and you know stuff like that but I like a good like you know spooky like a ghost story or something like that mm -hmm. but um rarely do they really like you know cause like sleep issues <laughs> this <laughs> did you see the it was a French horror series called Marianne it's about it's about a witch oh my god it's like kind of gross but like very scary 
very scary. And it's like, it's a seaside town again. And it's, uh, it's just so that had, I actually was like, I had to watch Daniel. I had to watch like funny, like animal videos before bed Afterwards. because I had to like clean my brain a little bit. Cause it's like fucks with you so much. And like shapes start to, you know, like your brain just kind of plays tricks. You know, it's just like, it's, uh. it's, that's, it's really, you'd like it. It's called Marianne. It's really good. But that my point was that, that this is such a good series and they ended it. And then it that's had it. this cliffhanger and then oh. it didn't get renewed. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it, not really a cliffhanger, but they set it up like, oh my God, did that actually just happen? I guess we're going to find out. Nope. Canceled. No. I couldn't believe it canceled. I mean, some stuff gets renewed and I'm like, how'd this shit get renewed? But know, they, right? they canceled Marianne. It was so good. This this one ended, you know, it, it was a definite ending, but. If they wanted to, they could. They probably could because it's like, well, we didn't really see. Right. Like, you know. They didn't wrap up every storyline. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. So, um, but uh, it was just, I just thought it was so good. That's good. Okay, I'll check that. We'll check that out. And uh, Ted, we we finished Ted Lasso. Oh, we haven't started it yet. We're waiting next. So now you can. Now you can. All the episodes. Okay. Awesome. I love that show. Did you, um, have you been watching or have you watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows? Remember that was a movie. No, uh uh-uh, no. So the movie is... It's Taika Waititi, and I absolutely adore him so much. It the movie is so funny, Lauren. You would love it. It's like Flight of the Concords kind of humor. It's so good, and it's dark because they're. It's like um a. <laughs> the premise is hilarious. It's a group of vampires living in present day, and they they're roommates. Like they share a house, and it's just so funny. It's like all the they have all this the like bitching that you do when you're about your roommates. <laughs> And they were for like hundreds of years because they're vampires. <laughs> so it's great. And then, and then that was a like kind of like an indie hit or whatever. And then when Taika Waititi got more and more famous, I don't know, like somebody thought to, you know, this would be an amazing series. And it's, it's not like an exact, it's not like the characters aren't, it's not trying to be the exact same thing as like a different group of vampires. But it's so funny, and it's filmed like a mockumentary, so they like are interviewed. And like, oh, I'll have to it's watch just that. great. You guys would, you guys would love it. I think. I need so a funny, funny one now. Yeah, it's. I think you think it was really funny. It is that that similar humor. It's very funny. All right, I'll check that one out. And uh, did you start your book? No, <laughs> I, I watched Midnight Mass instead. Yes. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I get when you when you're on like binge mode, it's really hard to. Yeah, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, so I know I have to. I have to start my book or I'll find another show. But yeah, I like, you know, in October, I do like to watch, you know, horror movies. Like, yeah, get get a few scary ones in. Yeah. I watched The Birds and what did I just put on the other day? Oh, we watched that other one that um the last M. Night Shyamalan, the one on the beach, or it's called um, oh, Old. That was... Yeah, was it? It was better than... I, I mean, he's had a few stinkers in a row and it was, it was better. Um, huh. And I... You know, you are like a weirdo clairvoyant. And every time I saw a plot t- twist movie with you, you would guess it. So I have no idea. You're probably, you probably hate this because you probably guess it. But I, I never guess it. And I had, you know, so I had no idea. And I, it's cool to see like, just sort of like how the problem unfolds. And it's this bananas thing that happens to the people on this beach. But I don't know. Why can't he get it together? I mean, he meets some I don't know. Ones, and then he just... Shits the bed. Yeah, I think it's like egos in the way a little bit. I did like Split. Did you see that one with the pl- Split personalities? The, yes, um, that actually I was pretty I good. I didn't like the third one that kind of linked that with. Um, oh, which one's the, is that? It, so Split ended up, you realized, was connected to Unbreakable. Oh, that's right. One. I forgot. Yeah, they, they were all kind of like so connected. Then there was that third one, which again, but the I thought Split was really, really good. Um, yeah, he's so very all, good. What's the guy's name? The Scottish guy, right? uh james mac mac mcavoy Mac. yeah yeah he's so good did you uh, do you watch on the great british bake-off yes okay they they have a celebrity one and he he was on that once and he is so darling yeah they have celebrity specials i'll ask daniel how you watch it because i don't know how you i don't know how we watched it i don't know where it was but he's on one of them and he's like the most charming man like he's just a just watch him in anything after that sex scene That I'll watch him do anything after that. I never thought anything of him until I saw that movie. And I was like, wait, what movie are you talking about? Atonement. Him and Keira Knightley. Oh God. I did not like that movie, but yeah, he's a handsome man. I didn't love that movie either. Cause I really liked the book, but that library boom scene. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. That was one of the hottest. The knee knocker, as they say. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, but yeah, no, uh, he's, but he's short. And I was like, but then after I saw that, I was like, oh, I could. And he's got in this, in this, in the Bake Off special, he's got his full, like adorable Scottish accent. And he's just like such a charming person, like a very normal person. He seems like. Oh my, find out where you watch that. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll ask Daniel. I can't, I don't know how we got it. Okay, so what was that called? Was it called Old or something like that? Old, it's called Old. The movie's called Old. It's about people on a beach and. All right. And then the, uh, my book is awesome, but it's like kind of junky. It's great. It's like, it's got like sex and, you know, gossip and scandal and. The, that's the one, the um, yeah, Ron, like a, Rona Jackie yeah, 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 yeah. called Class Reunion. It's really good. That's good. It's just fun. Like you breeze through it. Like it's, I'm already halfway that's what done. You were, that's what you were going for. Yeah. I need to ease my way in. I'm not going to pick up like War and Peace right after I haven't read for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Coward. Yeah. What a wimp. Oh, I can't forget to our listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe which I think is that little plus sign at the top of the thing in uh, on top of the screen in um, iTunes, which I think now they're calling follow. So I can't keep up with this stuff, but yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going on my vacay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When, we're going to Cape May on set, uh, Friday night. For, ha- for two nights. Yeah. Just two nights. I don't think I've ever been to Cape May. Cape May is where we got married. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like a, it, it doesn't feel like a real, like a beach, beachy town. It's, it, I don't know. It's kind of like all the Victorian bed and breakfast. Oh, yes. And yes, yes, yes. My grandpa used to love Cape May. Yeah. I'm cool. looking forward to it. And yeah, you're going to have a nice little trip. Yeah, hopefully it won't snow. Um, <laughs> it's like just our luck. Like usually early October is fine there. And then like I guess snow came in on Monday. And I, I was like, my little sister texts me. She's like, um, Google Mammoth Cam. So I like Googled it and it's literally, you can't see anything. <laughs> Like I pulled it up and it was like, like white. So I was like, oh shit. But apparently it's already like melting. Cause it's like six, it was like 60. Oh, well that's good. Yeah. So I mean, we're not, we're just going up to like hang out. We, we're going to see my sister cause she's working in um, Yosemite until November. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's have, good to see have you. Have a good time. Have yeah, a good trip. You. you too. And uh, I'll touch base next week. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.